I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, I know who's going to win the Super Bowl. Helmets off is on. Episode of Helmets Off. I'm Scott Mitchell, your host. Uh, we appreciate you dialing in with us. We're uh, powered by KSLSports.com, and of course, go to uh, Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast or Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. Like us, um, tell us what you think, and we'll certainly respond in kind. Love to do the show. Glad you joined us. Uh, got a lot of um, um, oh boy, it's, it's it's a it's a lot of varied topics today. Um, Ty Jordan, of course, the young promising running back from the University of Utah tragically passed away and wanted to share some of my thoughts about that. Um, Alabama wins again. Uh, and is that a good thing for college football and kind of maybe some of my thoughts there. And then of course, the NFL playoffs is in full swing and I have the prediction. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so let's get started. Hey, Ty Jordan, uh, just watching him briefly in the five games uh, his freshman year at the University of Utah was was uh, special. You know, I was fortunate. I, I broadcast the, the the football games for Utah. Really enjoy it. And uh, this was just such a strange year all around for, for Utah. But watching Ty Jordan, you knew and you got a real sense this kid had some spe- special talent. And he, he just jumped off the plate like immediately. Uh, as he got to play, it was clear that he was the guy. And then and then he got to play all the time. And he just he just got better and better and better. And so you watch him and 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 kind of you know have been asked to give my thoughts. It's just tragic to start with that this this happened. And I've, I've gone through this uh, as a coach, uh, coaching high school football. I had a player die right at the end of practice in front of the entire football team. And it was, I mean, and it was awful. And it, it can't even begin to describe. And, and I, I have a lot of faith. And I have and faith in the sense that I believe in God and I believe that, that life doesn't end when we die and, and that ultimately, um, because of my faith, I believe will be reunited with our loved ones who have passed. And, and I've, you know, I've had family members uh, die very, very recently, my sister, and it, and it was hard. It was, it was, um, um, it, you just miss people. And, and what's harder when someone dies at a young age is there's this, there's this lost opportunity. And 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 that was what it was for me with Ty Jordan. He this kid, the sky was the limit with him. And and I've said and I said this even before he passed away. I said, I said, with a player like Ty Jordan, Utah should be a favorite to win the Pac-12 conference championship, not just the South, but the whole thing. This this football team was shaping up to be pretty darn special, 
and he was a big part of it. And and it's and it's not just him alone. Uh, you know, he he had you know he had the ability to really put some numbers on the board, but it also opened up so much more of the Utah offense. Britton Covey being back, Brant Keithy, um, uh, Brian Thompson, wide receiver. So this football team, you know, was good. And then you have, and then you have this defense that I think actually will be better than the defense from two years ago. And I say it'll be two years by next fall, but this year didn't really count. So it's like kind of one year. It's a weird thing. And so this team was really shaping up to be something special. And when you have these tragic losses like this, you're just, it's just, you just, what could have been, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and it wasn't like, He'd never played or, I mean, he was showing some real promise, some real promise. I mean, special, special player. And because he could do everything. That, that was the thing that really jumped out at me is, is he was a tough runner inside, but he had speed on the edge. He was a, a great pass blocker. So he understood pr- pass protection. And he goes, if I don't understand this, I'm not on the field. And he was just really mature. And, and then, and, and then he could catch the ball. And so, so you have this, like, just a complete player. And he wasn't, like, just average. He was really good. I mean, he was very talented. And, it's, and it really, really is just tragic to, to just, you know. So there's part of me, if you're a, a, a football fan, and you go, boy, it's, it's a hole. It's a hole. And, and, and Utah's gone to the transfer portal uh, significantly, not only at running back, but at quarterback as well. And, and so, you know, you hope that maybe someone um, emerges because two players who were pretty decent, uh, <clears throat> you know, Devin Brumfield and, and uh, TJ Green were, were, were talent players. And they, they of course, uh, you know, went in the transfer portal and, and it's, you know, clearly uh, Utah had moved on from them because they didn't, they didn't invite him back or want him back or, you know, who knows, it'd probably be really awkward at this point. And so just if you're just, you know, if you're, if you're just a football fan and you're looking at this from a team perspective, it's a big, it's a big hit. It really is a big hit. And uh, it's a big hit in that, that they had gone through this season and, and, um, you know, Ty Jordan emerged. So you're like, wow, okay, this is, this is really good. You know, we are set at running back. I mean, we're going to be set for at least the next three years. And, you know, this kid, he'd definitely go pro. And I mean, and he should, you know, should have and would have and would have been a, a really good pro. But uh, so, so from some, from, from that perspective, I'm, I'm certainly as a fan, you know, you're like, oh, but from a human perspective, it's just so much more. And, and it's so much that it's because it's so senseless, right? It's just, it's a silly accident that shouldn't have happened. And, and then you kick yourself, you know, I'm sure they go, had we accepted a bowl invitation, wouldn't have been in that situation, uh, and it never would have happened. And that's that was the hardest thing for me when I had had a player um, pass away was it didn't have to happen, and and it was just a stupid decision by somebody. And I, but then I look at all the stupid decisions I did growing up and as as a young person and. The, the reality is, is I'm probably fortunate that, you know, I survived all the dumb things I did. I mean, because there were some dumb things that I did, just like anyone. Um, so uh, the, 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 
the fact that it was not necessary should not have happened what was an accident is always always the hardest part and and it's it's even it's even harder because when a person's young and the, and and you have this you just have all this promise and all this life ahead of yourself and you you want someone to be able to experience that and uh, Ty Jordan was a spe- you know a special person you could tell interviewing him that you know he he was well liked he was you know he was well spoken he w- and and you could just sense that he was he was a good person so it's it's just sad you know to see what could have been and should have been and isn't and uh, i think all too often i we get maybe cavalier in our lives about one just appreciating what we have and the days and the time and the moments and and two you know maybe some of the the stupid things we do to um kind of cut short what could be you know pretty spectacular life my whole comment is just embrace the moment you have and and live life as fully as you possibly can every single day i'm gonna take a break come back uh we'll talk about the old alabama crimson tide winning the national championship again oh boy uh and is it really can we just move on from this and change things up a bit because it's really getting old All right, folks, welcome back to Helmets Off, <clears throat> Alabama. And I watched this, by the way, and I, I actually, I would say pretty much every year, do not watch the college football national championship game just on principle because I think it is the biggest farce uh, in all of sports. It's an embarrassment. I can't believe that people with a straight face actually put this whole charade on, that there's this national committee built of all these people who just sit in a room and 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 they decide who's going to be playing for a national championship and you you literally have to say are really like i mean of all the times they've had the national championship playoffs uh the the teams that have been in them are so so much the same and and it's just it's just nobody wants that Nobody wants that. And quite frankly, I don't understand why I understand what drives college football and that's money. But what I don't understand is how they can't see that it would be so much better if they would invite more than four people to the party every year. And I just, I just do not, I do not fathom in my brain. Like, are these people just that stupid? Can they just not see this for what it is? Or are they so wrapped up in their arrogance of how self-important and self-absorbed they are that they can't see that it would be so much better for everybody to expand the college football playoffs and to involve a whole lot more of the country? I don't think Ohio State was the – was. I don't think Ohio State was in the top four of the top teams in the country. I don't think Clemson was. I don't think Notre Dame was. I'll tell you who I think should have been given a shot to play in the playoffs is Cincinnati. I mean, they played Georgia, should have won the game. 
and they and and they were a team that probably most deserved or or could have possibly potentially deserved to to be in the national championship game but you you have to believe and and I understand I understand like the SEC okay I understand that one it's probably the only conference in the country where the fans are still going to games. Now, people, now Alabama will tell you, you know, we're having a hard time getting people to come out. And you go, why is that? Well, because you because you win all the time. It's it, after a while, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, really. And so, uh, but two, there's so much more that people are interested in today than football. And the SEC does a tremendous job. And if you ever want to go to a football game and an atmosphere, pick any SEC, really. I mean, pick Tennessee, pick Alabama, pick Florida, Georgia. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. There's just an atmosphere like none other. Really, it's, it, it, is, it, is, it is college football. I, I get that. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. And it's wonderful. But really, really, these—I mean, these schools have got to do, um, or not—not not the schools, but they really—it's the whoever is in charge of this has to get a concept of a national championship because it's not a national championship; it's a Southeast Conference championship on steroids. I mean, really, that's all it is. And and that's that's unfortunate, and it and it, and it and it's really really gotten to a point where it's just it's just comical. Uh, and and I have to tell you that of all of the times I've watched Alabama, like they're just a super impressive this year. I mean, they clearly were the best teams of the teams that got to play them, right? And and. And as I sit here, you know, I don't, there's not a team in the Big Ten or that could have matched clearly with Alabama. There's probably, there's not a team in the Big 12 who could have. Been interesting to see what Texas A&M, what, but Texas A&M is in the, sorry, they're in the Southeastern Conference now. Uh, you know, the Pac-12, there's, there's nobody there. And so, you know, clearly Alabama's the best team, but I, I really think that, in most seasons, it's it's the talent is more evenly spread out. I really do. Alabama was really good this year, but I'm not sure that it's that way every year. And and there's another factor in this, and that's COVID. Like you could tell that teams just weren't in it the same as a year ago and, and last year. And I think there's four or five years left on the agreement they have. But what would be nice is if if, if everyone just said, look, we know it's going to be different, so let's proactively start developing a different type of, of playoff system in college football. And I think so many more folks will be happy about it. I can take another break here. The playoffs in the NFL are in full swing. And, and you know what? There were some great games last week, and there were some surprises. And there's always surprises. And I'm going to give you uh, what my predictions are about the remaining teams in the playoff. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Hi, sports fans. Welcome back. Final segment of the day. Helmets off. Scott Mitchell here. And yes, the playoffs are among us. And thank goodness for that. I think 
one of the best sports leagues professionally, of course, is the NFL. And you think of the very last game of the season, Washington football teams playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was the last game. The NFL went through its entire season, got every single game in, got to the playoffs, expanded the format, and, and the very last game of the season determined the last playoff spot. So if you're a fan, I mean, if you're a fan of like, um, you know, call or, or professional football, that's exciting. It's exciting because the NBA is, well, the Los Angeles Lakers are going to win. College football, well, Alabama or someone like Clemson or Alabama or Clemson, maybe every once in a while, Georgia might sneak in there, but Alabama, it, it's just, it's just old. It's embarrassing. And baseball, let's face it, no one cares. They really don't. And hockey, yeah, okay. R really, it's like, I don't know, hockey, not whatever. So the NFL has done a remarkable job and they talk about parody. And I'm like, no, it's, it's competitive. It's not, it's because it, parody makes it sound like everyone stinks. And that's not the case. It's par it, what it is, is it's a competitive league. Every game matters. The talent, there's a lot of talent on every team. Anybody has a possibility of winning. I mean, really, I mean, I, I know everyone's like Kansas City is the team to beat, and they are. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Best player in the NFL, bar none. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. I don't care about Patrick Mahomes is playing different than anybody else. Okay. And so um, that's a great thing if you are a fan of, of professional football because you are going to get quality games a lot of them and you look at the at the start of the playoffs last week so they they call it wild card weekend uh pretty much every game was was i mean it was close and the, and and road teams won and and of course i think i think not having fans certainly helped but uh it, it's you, you know the rams going to seattle and winning did not surprise me at all in fact I'm just going to tell you, I think the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. And it's like, well, no, because they have a defense that travels. And when you have a really good defense, it doesn't matter. You play at home, you play on the road. And Jared Goff has been to the Super Bowl. He, he's been to the Super Bowl. And I know he's banged up. I know he's injured. But they don't need to score 50 points a game and still come out on top they have a defense that is playing very well. Now there's a little bit of concern about, I mean, Aaron Donald is, Aaron Donald is a defensive player of the year. Aaron Donald should be like, he's an amazing player, amazing. And if you have to double team him, then it, it really puts some serious pressure on your offensive line. And if you don't double team him, he will get to the quarterback. So he's unblockable, but he's a player that's, that really, really causes major issues. And I know, I know that's surprising to people, but I, I'm not totally convinced of how good Green Bay is. Tampa Bay is kind of up and down. Same thing with the Saints, right? So, and here you have, you've got all the old guys. I mean, I mean, on one side of the ball, you have, you have all of these old players who, who, are, who are playing games in the NFL. And then on the other side of it, you have all these young guys. You have you have, uh, you know, uh, Kyler or not Kyler Murray. You have, you have Patrick Mahomes, and you have Josh Allen, and you have um, uh, who else is in there? Sorry, 
but it's 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 the young guys, Baker Mayfield. Um, and so my other side of this, and this I, I think this is a, a bit of a surprise to people, but it's it's really it's the Buffalo Bills. And in some ways, it's kind of similar to uh, the Rams. And I'm a person who likes offense. I'm a quarterback. I like quarterbacks. I like all this stuff. But man, when you have these, you have these defenses. And the thing about Buffalo is Buffalo is, is a really solid football team who has a quarterback that matured beyond anyone's expectation in front of our eyes. You think of Mitchell Trubisky and you think of Josh Allen and they're kind of, I think people looked at them the same way and, and Trubisky just tanked. I mean, I mean, clearly he's, he's not, he's not the guy, uh, but Josh Allen, I think everyone thought was going to tank. I think they were just like, and this guy has just in light years, light years gotten so much better. So the one team that is kind of a wild card for me, is is the Cleveland Browns and the, the and the Cleveland Browns may be a year away from being a team that I'm talking about because they have they have and all these teams are and I should say all of them most of these teams in the playoffs that are doing well right now are doing it because they have good defense. Cleveland has a really good defense. The New Orleans Saints have a really good defense. Green Bay's played pretty decent defensively. Uh, Buffalo very good defensively and and so. And then when you add a quarterback or you add some offensive power to that, because that's kind of the only thing holding the Rams back right now is, uh, is, is the fact that their offense has not really been very productive. But Jared Goff has been to the Super Bowl. He knows the path to get there. So this isn't bigger than him. He's already established that he's a quarterback that can get to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen to this point has not, has not proven that. Now, can he do it? I think he can because I think he's – you just see how he's really matured. And he's, he's really taken over that football team. And, and he's a guy that um, – there's a, there's a quality to him, that personality trait, that this guy is, you know, loyal as the day is long. And so he's going to give you everything he has. And that's what I like about him is he's – he lays it on the line every single week. And he's a guy that's not afraid to get in there and, and mess it up. And so he's going to make mistakes. But I like guys that play to win. And he's one of those guys. So you, you kind of look at this and you're like, wow, you know, this, this, uh, this looks, you know, kind of um, maybe that's a bit of a surprise because I think a lot of people think the Green Bay Packers – and the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's the thing, here's the thing with, with, um, um, with Tom Brady, or I'm sorry, with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, to me, seems like a guy who's just, he has this, he just has this dark cloud over him. And you just see how he just gets so annoyed and almost like, um, and and I and I I know that sounds kind of silly, but it's a real thing. And and your your demeanor impacts your performance. And and so Aaron Rodgers just always here's a guy with just so much talent, 
and he's so good. But he's only been to one Super Bowl, and it was a long, long time ago. A long time ago. And there's just always somehow, some way, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers seem to find a way to lose. And that's what makes me nervous about him. And then you have Tom Brady and you have Drew Brees, and you can put them together. One of them's going to win, right? One of them's going to win. And I just, I just think that, that the age thing is real. And I think it's really crept up on them. And I think, I think Drew Brees, I, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. But I think it's really hard for really old quarterbacks to go through three games in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. And that's what they're asked to do. And that will be interesting. And the one, the one team I haven't really touched on a lot is Baltimore. And Lamar Thomas, you know, or Lamar Jackson, he, Lamar Thomas, a wide receiver from the good old days. Uh, but Lamar Jackson is, is a guy that kind of took a step forward. But I just don't think Baltimore's that good. And they got to go to, they got to go to the Bills. And uh, I just, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this is, I don't want to say a blowout, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills just kind of controlled this game across the board and uh so actually i'm picking the buffalo bills and the los angeles rams to be in the super bowl and that's just that's that's just you know that's what my gut says all right well helmets off is now off thanks for watching um again go to facebook at the helmets off podcast twitter at the helmets off show powered by kslsports.com until then we will see you ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.